good afternoon and uh, welcome to episode uh, 69 of Small Worship with a Templar Knight. Before we get started, uh, our uh, regent uh, is finally, uh, has been uh, buried and uh, we will continue on as guardians of the Templar faith. And before that, we'll get started with our uh, small worship with the temple here. Grant we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comfort and of thy grace may mercifully be believed through our Lord Jesus Christ, Savior. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost thou forgive the sins of all whose, who are pertinent. Create and make us in a new and contrite hearts that we worthily laminating our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness may obtain of thee the God of thy mercy. Perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Tell me, Ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one who by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who has the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he, the free woman, was by promise, which things are all allegory. For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar and the Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of all of us. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren, thou bearest not break forth and cry thou that travelest not for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband now we brethren as isaac isaac was uh, are the children of promise but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit even so it is now Nevertheless, what is saith the scripture, cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be here with the son of the free woman's. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Hear God call you to worship through his word. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Praise to God. If you had not been my shield in defense, innumerable evils would have surrounded me and the danger would have overcome me that I could not have left my bed and risen in health. Therefore, it becomes me to praise my God. Early do I seek you. 
and in the morning shall my prayer ascend unto you, that you would this day preserve me and all mine from the device and the power of the devil, from the sin and the shame, and from the evil. Amen. Hear God's law and his will for your life. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. It's Matthew chapter 5. Confess your sins to God. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, seeing you are our Maker, and we are the workmanship of your hands, seeing you are our pastor and we your flock, seeing also that you are our Redeemer and we are the people whom you have brought. Finally, because you are our God and we are your chosen inheritance, let not your anger be kindled against us that you should punish us in your wrath, neither remember our wickedness so as to take vengeance for it but rather chastise us according to your mercy. We confess, O Lord, that our misdeeds have inflamed your wrath against us, yet considering that by your grace we call upon your name and make profession of your truth, maintain, we ask you, the work that you have begun in us to end that all the world may know that you are our God and Savior. You know that those you have destroyed and brought to confusion do not set forth your praises, but the heavy souls, the humble hearts, the consciences, oppressed and, and laden with grievous burden of their sin, and therefore thirst after your grace. They shall set forth your praise and glory. Amen. Receive these words of comfort from God. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with your, all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. Confess what you believe about the Christian faith. Athanasians Creed Part 3 Whoever desires to be saved should above all hold to the Catholic faith. Anyone who does not keep it whole and unbroken will doubtlessly perish eternally. Now this is the Catholic faith, that we worship one God in Trinity, and the Trinity in unity, neither confounding their persons nor dividing the essence. But it is necessary for eternal salvation that one also believe in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. Now this is the true faith. Now that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, is both God and man equally. He is God of the essence and Father begotten before time. And he is the man of the essence of his mother, born in all time. 
completely God, completely man, with a rational soul and a human flesh, equal to the Father as regards divinity, less than the Father as regards humanity. Although he is God and man, yet Christ is not two but one. He is one, however, not by his divinity being turned into flesh, but by God's taking humanity to himself. He is one certainly not by the blending of his essence, but by the unity of his person. For just as one man is both rational soul and flesh, so too the one Christ is both God and man. He suffered for our salvation. He descended into hell. He arose from the dead on the third day. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the Father's right hand. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming, all people will arise bodily and give an accounting of their own deeds. Those who have gone, done good well, enter eternal life, and those who have done evil will enter eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Not, to, not one can be saved without believing in firmly and faithfully. Glory be to the Father, glory be to the Son, glory be to the Spirit, every three and every one. As it was in the beginning, now and evermore shall be. Let's move on to our small catechism lesson for today. How does the Holy Bible, how does the Holy Baptism, remind and assure you that Christ's one sacrifice on the cross benefits you personally? Well, it's in this way. Christ instituted this outward washing with uh, it promised uh, that as surely as water washes away from the dirt in the body, so certainly his blood and his spirit wash away my soul's impurity that is all my sins. Um, what does it mean to be washed with Christ's blood and spirit? To be washed with Christ's blood means that God, by grace, has forgiven our sins because of Christ's blood poured out for us in his sacrifice on the cross. To be washed with Christ's Spirit means that the Holy Spirit has renewed and sanctified us to be members of Christ so that more and more we die to sin and live holy and blameless lives. Where does Christ promise that we are washed with his blood and spirit as surely as we are washed with the water of baptism? in the institution of baptism, where he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This promise is repeated when Scripture calls baptism the washing of regeneration and the washing away of sins. If you have any questions, you can uh, go to our website at uh, www.americanknightstemplars.com and uh, ask more questions there. As you listen to these words, let God enlighten your mind and heart. O Heavenly Father, whose law is perfect, converting the soul, a sure testimony giving Wisdom to the unlearned and enlightening the eyes, we humbly implore you, through your boundless goodness, to enlighten our blind intellectual by your Holy Spirit, 
so that we may truly understand and profess your law and live according to it, since it was pleased you, most merciful Father, to reveal the mysteries of your will only to the little ones. And since you look to him alone, who is of humble and contrite spirit, who has reverence of your for your word, grant us a humble spirit and keep us from our fleshly wisdom, which is and many against you. Bring to the right way those who stray from the truth, so that we all may unanimously serve you in the holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. We ask this from you, most merciful Father, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the man who was a loner. That was Noah. When Noah's name is mentioned, uh, everyone knows the story of the flood that covered the earth and how Noah built an ark. The only eight persons were saved. He was one of the most well-known characters in the Bible. You know his story. God had made man and put him into the Garden of Eden with all the beauty and the glory of the great God surrounding him. But that man sinned and brought all of mankind down into sin with him. The sin grew until it filled the hearts of all, and God was sorry that he had made man. Then God searched throughout the world and found one good man, Noah, a man who alone stood out among all the sinful men of this day, of his day, for he lived in the godly life in the midst of the sinful generation. Truly, he was alone. So God commanded Noah to build an ark of a certain size and type. For 120 years, Noah worked on this ark. And when he finished it, he brought the seven other members of his family and animals God had directed him to save into the ark. Then at God's uh, appointed time, the rain, rain began to fall. The fountains of the great deep were broken up. The windows of heaven were opened, and the water soon flooded the whole earth. Those outside of the ark perished while God's man, Noah, and all within the ark were saved. I believe the word of God, so I, I, I must believe the, in the flood. An old Indian who heard the Bible story for the first time said, I don't believe this flood ever happened. I've been here always, and I didn't see it. But it did happen. Every civilization has somewhere in its history the story of the flood that destroyed all living things. The details may not be the same, but all the stories are based on this, on the, uh, on this event that happened in Genesis. Genesis chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 8, if you read that. In the early days of persecution of Christians, many of them hid in their catacombs of Rome. Their dead were buried in these catacombs, and over their graves they carved pictures of an ark floating above the water, or upon the water, indicating that, indicating that, uh, they believed their loved ones were safe in the ark. 
Christ Jesus, the salvation, uh, the salvation that came to Noah in his illustration of our salvation in Jesus Christ, who is our ark of safety. Uh, let's look at uh, Noah's life and his works. Uh, the whole earth was filled with sin, and, and we read that God's all he always does. Um, we, we can hide our evil from others, but we can't hide it from God. He sees us not only in the brightness of the midday, but also the darkness of midnight. Um, he saw Adam when he ate the forbidden fruit. He saw Jacob when he cheated others. He saw Achan whenever he stole the forbidden treasure. He saw David when he committed the blackest of sins. He saw Judas when he betrayed Jesus and Peter when he denied him with an oath. He sees us when uh, we break his uh, commandments and ignore his teachings. And we all do it. Human, we do it every day. What did God see? He saw the wickedness of a man was great in the earth and that every imagination thoughts of his heart was only evil continually genesis uh, chapter 6 uh, verse 5 i do believe where does sin begin it begins in our thoughts when we keep our thought life clean we can keep sin out of our lives jesus said blessed are the pure in heart matthew chapter 5 verse 8 Ludwig Reichter was a great German painter. When he was a boy, his mother told him that every time he was tempted, he should quote seven times the word of Jesus, blessed are the pure in heart. Later, later in life, he said, often when temptation has come to me, I remember these words. I felt that my mother was at home praying for me to be pure in heart. I was kept from sin, but these people of Noah's days were impure in their heart. Therefore, their deeds were sinful. As a result, individual corruption, uh, the nation became full of violence. Could you say that about the, about the United States here today? I don't know. This is also true today. It's got to be. And individuals make up a city, a state, a nation. Why is there so much corruption in our own beloved country? It's because individuals have forgotten God his laws, his commandments, his teachings about punishment and the wrath of an outraged God. We read often of the great forest fires in our country, destroying millions of dollars worth of timber. These fires start when some careless person throws down a match or a lighted cigarette, or from this tiny flame there develops a devastation, devastating fire. Sin is like that. It was like that in Noah's day. It grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew until it enveloped the entire nation. We read that uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the midst of the black night of sin, one bright light was shining. You see, God not only sees the evil, but he sees the good in us. We can be thankful for that. We should be thankful for that. We should... Praise him that he sees that he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor reward us according to our inequities. Psalms 103, uh, verse 10. If there's any goodness in our lives, he will find it.
Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, tells us that Noah was perfect in his generation. The literal translation here means that he was upright. We shall see the uh, see that later, that uh, he was not perfect in the sense that we use the word today. God's son was the only perfect man above whom God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Noah lived a good life, and often he must have felt that it was all in vain since all others around him were so sinful and his goodness apparently gained him nothing. But God rewarded that goodness, even as he rewards it today. When the time came for God to move, he had his man. He always has. When the clouds are the blackest, he sends a ray of sunshine. When the pendulum of life swings the wrong way, he has a man to swing it back. When the people had gone as far as they could sin, God had his man ready to correct that situation. God said they have indulged and sinned long enough. I have been patient with them as I'm going to be. My spirit shall not always strive with that man, with the man. I will intervene and destroy these wicked inhabitants of earth. So he commanded Noah to build that ark and to bring his family and also the animals into earth, into it. Today uh, we hear someone say, there is so much wickedness in the world today. Why doesn't God destroy it? Well, God has more patience than man. He waits until the time is ripe before he acts. In his case, he gave the people 120 years which to change their ways. Now, Noah believed uh, what God had said, and he had begun to build the ark. Others laughed at him when he spoke of a flood that would someday destroy mankind, but he believed God. Yep. Years later, the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that Noah moved by faith. People today laugh uh, when they're told of God's purpose and judgment. But if you are wise, if you're wise, you'll listen to him. He will not hold back his wrath forever. When that wrath does come because of man's sin, it will come like a mighty wind sweeping out a tiny candle. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. They felt that wrath. Israel felt that wrath and was sent into captivity. God is, in, is indeed a God of love, but the love rejected turns to wrath. Brilliant and knowledgeable engineers warned people of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, of an impeding flood, telling that the dam of the city was weak and might give away at any minute. Did those people went on their lives uh, in the usual way, ignoring all the warnings. Then on May 31st, 1889, that dam burst, flooding the city, causing the loss of 2,000 lives. In the same way, of people's Noah's, the people of Noah's day ignored God's warning. Noah not only believed God, but he was so obedient to him, he prepared the ark right down to the inch that God had directed. Today, God warns us of his judgment to come. But he also prepares, us, prepares for us a way to escape that. 
The escape route is by the way of the cross, where Jesus died for our sins, yet people don't want to go to God's way. They want to add or subtract or change things from God's great plan. They expect to be saved by their good works, their gifts, their fine characters, but the word of God says, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other than a name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 9, 22 says, Without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 8 9 says, for, the, for by grace and ye saved through faith, and that not by of yourselves it is a gift of god not of works lest any man should boast now preaching let's talk a little bit about Noah and preaching noah was happy that the lord was saving him and he wanted others to be saved that is attitude of every born again person they rejoice in their salvation and they want to share the good news good news of gospels with others everybody wants to share that they should share that we all should we try so as we are told in second uh, peter um verse five noah became a preacher of the righteousness uh, of righteousness i imagine that uh he hammered on the ark uh, by day and on the hearts of the sinners each night he was a prophetic preacher prophesizing the coming of the flood and warning his hearers of the wrath to come. But the people laughed at his preaching, for there had uh, never been a flood in that dry country. And they couldn't imagine uh, such a thing. So people today ridicule the Christian. Who dares to tell them of the coming judgment? So Christians are ridiculed. I mean, look at look look what's happening, persecuting uh, people. You know, we're hearing stories the FBI raiding uh, Catholic people or Christian people's homes. Peter, many centuries later, remembered the skepticism of those people and said, "It will be that way just before the coming of Christ to judge the world." Doubters and skeptics will say, where is the promise of his coming? For since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the world. And Jesus said, before I return, men will go on and sin just as they did in Noah's time before the flood. They will be eating, drinking, uh, marrying, giving a marriage and giving in to marriage and forgetting God and the judgment laid upon up for them. Uh, the picture of conditions in Noah's day is the picture of the conditions in the world today. Noah was not a successful preacher in the eye of the world, yet he was faithful to his trust and left the results with God. Faithful preaching today, preaching of sin and repentance and the salvation through faith in Christ, will always bring results. There are some who sneer at the preaching of the old-time religion. 
I have a friend who who does that um, and has his own church and, and preaches the old time religion or, or we call it old time religion, but actually it's just a stout a stout way to preach. There are some who snare at the preaching of the old time religion, but the gospel has never changed. Although people cry, and they cry out today for a religion that demands so little of them. It's true that everyone must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. The people of that day ignored the warnings of God's faithful preacher, Noah. And that was their privilege, but it was all their destruction. When a man is drowning and you throw him a rope and is privileged to ignore it, but it also means his, the loss of his life. We throw you a rope of salvation and you push it aside. But at the judgment bar of God, you'll cry out, Oh God, I went to church. I heard the gospel message. I was moved by the invitation, but I scorned it. Oh God, help me now. But that cry may be too late. When the ark was finished, Noah and his family and the animals went in, and then God himself shut the door. Noah must have uh, been grieved by that his neighbors could not come in. But God had given them every opportunity to be saved, and now he was the one who shut the door. We must do our best to win souls to the Savior, then leave the rest to God. There is no way for us to describe the flood. The rain began to patter, then burst out in all fury and enraged and, and enraged God. The fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Soon the fields were covered, and then the hills, and then the mountaintops. I can imagine the people racing from one high spot to another, hanging on until the waters covered them, then being swept into eternity. In the ark, there was safety and life and food and fellowship. Outside the ark was death and desolation and finally a horrible silence. Like that. So in Christ, there is life abundant and, and life everlasting. Outside of him, there is death and doom and hell. Noah was saved in only one way. He believed God and obeyed him and entered into the ark. We are saved in the same way. We believe, we obey, we enter into Christ by faith, and that is the only way. A man dreamed that he was climbing a ladder to heaven. Each good deed, he thought, added one more rung to the ladder. Finally, because of all his good works, he felt that uh, he had come to the last rung and that one more step would take him into glory land. But the ladder was uh, too short. And he heard a voice above, from above saying, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up the, uh, some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. John chapter 10, verse 1. There's only one way to be saved, and that is God's way. Not the way of good works or good character or ritual, but the way of the way God has set forth. Noah took that way and he was saved. We must take the same way as Noah. And the time of the flood was over, and God's purpose had been fulfilled. 
the waters receded from the face of the earth, and God set the ark gently down upon a mountaintop and told Noah to go out of the ark with his family and all of the animals. And, and what did Noah do as soon as he was out of the ark on a dry land? He erected an altar and offered a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. And the Lord God, smelling the sweet, the sweet Savior, was pleased. This reminds us of the pilgrims' fathers. They left land uh, that they were severely persecuted and sailed towards a new land of freedom. On the voyage, they endured many sufferings, and some of them died. But when they landed on the shores of the free land, they fell on their knees and thanked God for a safe voyage and a new haven of life. Yep, all of life is a voyage through troublesome waters, but someday the voyage will uh, be over, and in heaven we shall fall at his feet and praise him forever for bringing us home safely. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save when this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave by William Cowper. Uh, when George III became uh, king of England, and he gave orders that uh, those who preached to him should not be, comp should not compliment him. One preacher had done so, and the king wrote him a curt note saying, "When I go to church, I want to hear the praises of God and not my own. There is only uh, one who is worthy. There's only one who is worthy of our highest praise." And then in Revelations chapter five, verse twelve, we read, "Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and the riches and the wisdom and the strength and the honor and the glory and the blessing." When the Lord smelled the sweet savor of Noah's sacrifice, he made a wonderful promise. He said that as long as the world remained, he would not destroy mankind again. He had done, and that the seasons and the days would not change. Then he gave mankind a lovingly token to the act as a sign that uh, he would remember his promise, his covenant. He set a rainbow in the sky. One of his most glorious. Now, when we look at the rainbow and all its beauty, we are reminded that God is a promise. God is a promise keeping God. What he promises, he will accomplish. Just think for a minute some of the promises. He promises to save to the uttermost all who come to him through faith in the Lord Jesus. He promises to answer our prayers if we abide in him. He promises to take care of us if we trust him. He promises to comfort us when we are bereaved. He promises to give us peace when our minds are stayed on him. He promises overcoming power if we are surrendered to him. He promises spiritual influences if our lives are correct. He promises to be with us at the end of the way and, and take us over the river of death. Beyond death, he promises to take us home where nothing that mars or hurts us can ever touch us. Yes, God keeps his promises. Thousands of years have gone by 
since he made a promise to Noah. But even today, when we see the rainbow in the sky, we can say in our hearts, yeah, God keeps his promises. Dwight L. Moody once visited a dear elderly Christian woman who showed him her well-used Bible. By many of uh, the promises of that Bible, she had written two letters, T and P. So when Mr. Moody asked her the meaning of these two letters, she told him that the, they stood for tried and proved. And all of God's promises can surely be tried and proved. A certain printer had a, a certain printer had a circle on every page he sent out. In that circle, he had his name and the words, I never disappoint. Now, when, now uh, when we disappoint others, and we often do, but uh, God never disappoints, he satisfies. The story of Noah gives us a true picture of the conditions in the world today. As we think of perversity of Noah's day, we think of all the sin around us today. Look what's going on around you. To actually take a real good close look at what is around. As we think of purity, we think of purity of our Savior, who was without spot or blemish. As we think of preparation, we think of how his death on the cross prepared the only way of salvation for us. As we think of preaching, we think of uh, all the faithful preachers who are calling people to repentance today. As we think of preservation, we think of the ark of safety. The Lord Jesus Christ, as we think of praise, we feel that we want to thank Jesus throughout all eternity for saving us. As we think of promises, we rejoice that he said, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out, John chapter 6, verse 37. And that he said, My grace is sufficient for thee, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. In a certain place lived a man who was a hardened sinner. No one could win him to Christ. Many who tried used the wrong methods. Then one Sunday, to their great surprise, he walked down the aisle of the church and told the pastor that he wanted to accept Christ and became a member of the church. Someone asked him why he had made this decision. He answered, I ventured near the cross with all my sin, and, and there I met Christ. He did not criticize me or lecture me or quarrel and argue with me, as some have done. He just slipped his arms around me and loved me into the kingdom. That's what he wants to do for you. Just start towards him, and you'll find his arms wide open, ready to love you and save you too. Please bow your heads and and pray. Almighty God, Father and Lord of all creatures, you have disposed all things and all chances so as may best glorify your wisdom and serve the ends of your justice and magnify your mercy by secret and undiscernible ways bringing out of evil. I most humbly implore you to give me wisdom from above that I may adore you and admire your ways and footsteps which are in the great deep and not to, not to be searched out. 
Teach me to submit to your providence in all things, to be content in all changes of persons and conditions, to be temperate in prosperity, and to read my duty in the lines of your mercy and to the adversity to meek, to be meek, patient, and resigned, and to look through the cloud that I may wait for consolation for the, of the Lord in the day of redemption, in the meantime, doing my duty with unwearied diligence and undisturbed resolution, having no fonts for the vanities or possessions of this world, but laying, laying up my hopes in heaven and being the strength with the spirit of the inner man through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now bow your heads and with your own personal prayers. Pray for the United States of America that things change and people come closer to God. Pray for your whatever your personal prayers are. Please. In closing, let's pray the words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Thank you for joining me here today. Like I said, uh, if you have any questions that you may want to ask, please feel free to go to our website. That's at www.americanightstemplars.com. Or if you 
have prayer requests or you have some other personal things that you would like to say, um, you can either go to the website, as I gave, or you can email me directly at davidr258 at comcast.net. Again, that's davidr258 at comcast.net. Again, our website is www.americanightstemplars.com. Again, thank you for joining me, and I hope this helps uh, out uh, you if you uh, hope it helps you every day. Um, we're only going to be on here a couple times a week, uh, but uh, hopefully uh, word gets out. Thank you very much.